I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today my dog is grumbling, <laughs> but we are going to ignore that and we're going to talk about Unravel by Amelia Logan. Listeners may, may remember that we have a bit of a relationship with Amelia now. She came on the show to talk about Unravel and her writing as a writer who is losing her hearing and writes about a deaf main character. She also, long before that, sent us a first chapter of a work in progress that we absolutely loved. So we were ecstatic to finally get our hands on Unravel. Yes, and this is the first time we'll be both having read the book and reviewing it. So it'll be more like a little book club. Itty bitty book club. Itty bitty book club. You can join us in our book club, though. Yeah, read it. Tell us what you think. Tweet to us. <laughs> so since we both read it, we'll just have to ask each other about stuff. So we normally talk about things like the cover. I love this cover. I think it's beautiful. It is. It's like it's it's a red background with like a black silhouetted tree and unravels in this pretty blue and it's obviously so it's not giving anything away that her her magic is uh sewing based thread uh, linen based how would i put it material based how would you think i, it I think uh, yeah i guess it's a it's a material based magic but i think they called it like embroidery magic because there is another character at least one other character who has magic, and that's like metal-based. Right. So hers is very much like a sewing kind of thing, and that's what the the cover kind of gives you a tiny little taste of once you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I saw the cover not having the whole background, I just thought, oh, that's a cool, like, stylized tree. And then Mm -hmm. when I started to really look at it, I realized everything's embroidered. Even the author's name is, like, embroidered into You know, I just noticed that. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you can go back and find these little touches of things. It's like it was very thought out. It was. I I also like the way that you can see, like, bits of kind of fabric or or something. Um, There's, like, that blue kind of underneath where the title is that sort of it looks like you could wipe it away like like right scrape it away with your fingers but you can't obviously because it's a book cover um (laughs) go ahead try i want to see you try i did i was you can't see me but that's what i was just doing i was like that's no it's beautiful um let's get to the actual book though okay so the little blurb on the on the front is deaf princess witch some identities you embrace, some will get you killed. Which is basically the story. <laughs> it's a great pull-in. It is. It tells you who she is. And then I guess, I hadn't realized how old she was, but the back tells you she is 16. Mm-hmm. So I guess this might be technically a young adult novel. I would say this is a young adult novel in terms of the age of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, usually young adult is kind of, also coming of age, like stepping into your own uh, individuality or power or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the the trajectory I think is happening here. You know, she starts out sort of oh, literally cloistered, like she's yes. living in a nunnery <laughs> and then goes out into the world. So I think that's a pretty straightforward YA. That's true. I guess I just never, never even think about it because I don't really care what something's quantified as before I pick it up I'm gonna read it if it's a good book and 
I enjoyed it, so I don't really care where it's shelved. Right. The only reason you care where it's shelved is so you can find it in the store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so on an aside, I guess I didn't realize this was a Kickstarter. I didn't either, actually. Um, I had no idea she'd done a Kickstarter. Oh, I found it out by just now looking at the back of the book. Oh. <laughs> There's a special thank you to our Kickstarter backers. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's That seems to be such a big thing right now is Kickstarting books. Well, I think it's really nice to kickstart books because you can know that you have an audience, right? You know that you're going to sell X number because you've already had them committed mm -hmm. to doing that. And so things like cover design and editing, you know, you can feel confident spending the money that you really need to spend to get something really good because you've kickstarted it. That's very true. I guess it's just a matter of, you know, we could talk about it on a separate episode, but trying to get those kickstarter people in there in the first place yes and uh, we did have an episode with Dirk Manning yes uh, who's a comic book guy and he has some has had some great success with Kickstarter uh, but there is a learning curve and it's something we can absolutely talk about again another time okay but back to the book <laughs> yeah back to the book we keep getting sidetracked no heavens forbid us sidetracked never so um, when we talked to her she had mentioned that you know obviously the main character is deaf or not completely deaf, but hard of hearing. And she uses a magic way, and I'm not giving anything away here because it's mentioned pretty early on, yeah. that allows her to hear more than not, which I thought was a pretty cool plot device. I thought that was great because if you had a character, a main character who is completely deaf, and if somebody out there has written that, I, I would love to read it. But if you have a main character who's completely deaf and is in situations where they don't have an interpreter or they don't have someone to help them, that's really, really hard. And this character, for good chunks of the story, doesn't necessarily have someone with them. So I think having that device where we could get just enough to know what's going on um, really made for an is interesting... Is that your puppy? <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. So Teddy... Um, <laughs> has discovered that there is a mirror in the back of my little space heater that has like, it's got like, you know, fake fireplace uh -huh. look. And he's discovered there's a mirror in the back of it. But Teddy does not understand mirrors because he's a pupper. And so <laughs> he growls at his own reflection in the mirror of my space heater. And that is what you were just hearing. How dare that dog be in there? I mean, really? I know. Rude. It's rude. It's what it is. I love it. Okay. So back to the main character. <laughs> Well, I was a little concerned at first when she said that the way she was doing uh, the dialogue was that she'd do like a word and then dot, 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 and words and then dot, dot, dot. And I was like, I, I guess I couldn't really picture how that would flow. Yeah, I was, it, I was concerned. Um, so when I started reading, I'm like, oh, that works just fine. And I completely got that we were only getting those certain words because that's all she could hear. Yeah. And I think like... I think I would have liked there to be a time when the missing part was really, really important. Mm, yes. But I also get why, as an author, you would try not to do that because you don't want to annoy your reader with it either. You know, you do want them to invest in the story with you. But, like, there was – I did feel like there was maybe a missed opportunity to have her miss, like, something really important because she physically could not hear it. And have it cause tension somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, th there's more books coming, so so maybe that'll be in the future. But yeah, there was definitely opportunities where 
vital things could be missed and, you know, it could then cause havoc. But there was there was quite enough tension. I mean, I... There was so much havoc. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel like the book was lacking tension or havoc. There was a lot of chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was... A lot of times you read a fantasy story like this one where it's a completely immersive world and you feel like you can just sort of like kind of wander along and like bad stuff happens or you know there's tense moments mm-hmm. but you can kind of relax in between this book really felt to me very tense the whole way through almost there's even a point when she's basically imprisoned and you're still tense the whole time yeah, you're, you're like, like wait what <laughs> So I think there was a a great sense of tension, but there was also a sense of this could be, you know, a parallel world to ours or like, you know, the Middle Ages with magic kind of feel. Mm -hmm. But it felt like a completely separate space that, you know, mimicked some things in our world as well. Right. No, it was good world building. There was a lot of cool. I like the way she works her magic throughout. Like there was there was consequences to it. Um, She'd obviously put a lot of thought into how it worked and Mm -hmm. how she was going to have her character come into it rather than like, oh, poof, there it is. Yeah, she had to work hard for her magic. When she used magic, it was an effort. And you don't see that a lot. Usually it's like, you know, alakazam. And this was very much, excuse me, while I painstakingly embroider this detailed object to hopefully make it strong enough that you know, an arrow won't hurt me. I know that sounded exhausting. Having it done did. needlework before, I was like, my goodness. <laughs> and my needlework is really bad. Like I am not the, the <laughs> if you look at the back, it is ugly. <laughs> so we are not wearing that to go into battle. No, 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 no. <laughs> There'd be a lot of holes. Um, I did. I liked the sense of kind of, there was a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. This was like the kitchen sink book. She wasn't afraid to take an idea and really run with it in an f- interesting direction. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a sort of 12 days of Christmas thing that happens at one point, <laughs> which like the first the, the first thing I was like, OK, that makes sense. And then the next thing I was like, wait, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we are on to you. <laughs> We're on to you. Uh, yeah, and I thought that was like, it was funny because, of course, the characters within the story didn't exist in a world where the 12 days of Christmas is a is a song and a rhyme that people know. So they were just like, oh, isn't it weird how he's sending all these gifts? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of this like little wink to the reader, like, yeah, you know what's going on here. It's like, have a chuckle. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. There was, there even though this was a really intense book in a lot of ways it was also light-hearted at the same time i felt like there was there were plenty of places to chuckle even though there was a lot of really terrible things going on right and as far as so as far as terrible things i mean mm. i'm not giving anything away like in the first uh, chapter or maybe chapter and a half there is a witch burning i mean that's that's where we start so you know bad things happen in this book it, it is not a warm and fluffy all is good with the world No, no. And like, one of the things that actually kind of got to me eventually was the sense that like, no one was trustworthy. Mm. And that's not 100% true. But like, there there came a point and maybe this is just really good writing. Because at one point in the story, I was like, there is no one she can trust. No one in the whole world that she can say, ah, that person will, you know, Mm -hmm. be bad. 
or betray me or do something awful. And I'm not going to say whether that's 100% true or not, but (laughs) it felt true. Like I felt like I was right down there in the depths with her of there's nobody safe. I am completely alone in this world. Yeah. But sometimes until you realized why a character was acting the way they were, there was like one point in the story when I thought, really? This person too? Really? Then the motivation became clear and I was like, okay, I'm with you. But <laughs> right. for for a hot second, I was like, really, everyone, everyone's against her, really. <laughs> it's like when you're watching a movie or TV or something like, really, why, why can they never be happy? Why? Right? <laughs> give them five <laughs> seconds of happiness. See, again, with book reviews, you don't want to give stuff away. I'm trying to think, what else do we usually ask each other for these book reviews? Well, let's talk about the, the romance element. There is, you know... Kind of a setup of a romance here. Um, It is very PG. It is very, like, if this were a movie, you could sit next to your 13-year-old and watch this and not get uncomfortable. (laughs) That's a a good quantifier there. Because, like, when you're a kid and you're, like, with your parents and a scene comes on TV and everybody just, like, has to stare at the television and not look at each other because, like, oh, my God. Like, nothing's happening. Just ignore it. Nothing's happening. We're just going to not talk about this. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's not that. The the level of romance was acceptable even to me. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. You don't like your romances. I don't. I could have done with, you know, like slightly less, but it was, it was a really, you know, if you're one of those people who's like looking for a romance, this is not for you. If you're no. okay with like a romantic tinges. subplot. Yeah. yeah. It was, there was some background things, but nothing, it wasn't in your face. You could ignore it if you wanted to. Yeah, pretty much. And I feel like she hit the the notes of a romance, though. Like, if you look at, like, the genre map of what romance has to have, you know, there's the initial meeting, and then there's, like, the getting to know you, and then there's, like, the incident that draws them closer, and there's the misunderstanding. And the misunderstanding was, wow, that was a hell of a misunderstanding. <laughs> Shh, quiet. <laughs> Hashtag no spoilers. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I wanted to read this book because I was intrigued by the idea of a deaf main character. Same. And I liked her writing sample that we had before. So I was like, well, that was enough to draw me in and make me want to read it. And right. she has proven that I will continue to do so. I'm definitely going to read the next book in this because I want to know. And yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I went, I came to it out of curiosity about like, how would you, how do you make this work? Mm-hmm. But I stuck with it because it was really very good. Yeah, there's many ways that this could have gone badly. And yeah. it was handled just so great. Yeah. This so, was a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> so, from both of us, I'm thinking thumbs up? Mm, two thumbs. Yeah, two thumbs. Four thumbs! Four thumbs! Does the puppy say thumbs up, though? Just having I think so. He's done He's done grumbling. He's now just laying on the floor being grumpy that I'm not paying attention. Because you're looking uh, at that other dog. How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> cool. So go check out this book. It is Unraveled by Amelia Lokin. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And we like that a lot. <laughs> if you're new here and you want to help us out, don't forget to like, review, and subscribe.